Welcome to the Comics Pals Review Special. This week we have three, not one, not two, but three <gasps> books on tap. Marco will learn to count eventually. It is three books. We're talking about this week's hottest releases. We have on the docket today, Infinite Frontier number zero. We got that. Uh, we got the new Swamp Thing, or rather the Swamp Thing. And everyone's favorite Wolverine number one. I mean, sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves number one. Whoops, sorry. I mean, Berserker <laughs> number one. Berserker. John Wick. Oh. John Wick number one. <laughs> We've got a lot of books to review. If you love these characters, if you are into comics or the characters that come from the comics, we are right up your alley. If you've never heard the Comics Files before, we are a weekly comic book podcast where we talk about these characters in comics, in movies, on television, wherever you can find them, we're talking about them and the business as a whole. So we cover all fronts of comics. Uh, so if you're into that, you can find us all over the internet at the Comics Pals. Leave us a review or a rating wherever it is that you're listening to us. If you want to get us on social, you can find us at the Comics Pals. You can write in at the Comics Pals at gmail.com or you can leave your comments on YouTube as well where you can also like this video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to our channel. All of those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. And if you want to join the conversation with us beyond this podcast, you can join our Discord server where we're always talking about these things. Uh, we're talking WandaVision. We're talking this week's book releases. We're talking various weeb things that I can't even Hell keep yeah. up with. Uh, all of that is available on our Discord server, so there are many ways to interact with us if you so choose. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's dive into our first book this week, Infinite Frontier number zero. This book was written and drawn and inked and lettered by so many people. Uh, we are going to tackle this. Uh, I think the best way to do it is segment by segment because this book has a few um and it starts with the the, there's a narrative through line uh that is wonder woman post uh death metal and she's basically being invited into a pantheon of like god-like beings called the quintessence and um she has to decide if that's what she wants to do her heroic acts have given her this opportunity, but she's got some trepidation. And that trepidation allows us to see where all of the various heroes are post, post-death post metal. Um, and it kind of gives us an idea of where things are going and what the, what the story of this season of DC Comics will ultimately be. Uh, those bits, the overarching narrative bits, are written by James Tinian, and Scott Snyder uh, with art by John Timms and Alex Sinclair on the colors. So what did you guys think about that sort of framing story as they're putting it uh, with Wonder Woman? How did you guys feel about that element of this story? That through the line. Um, I didn't love it. It speaks to a thing that we've kind of razzed DC for in the past, which is I think like wanting to take um, – editorial mandate and you know like things that are that don't have to do with the text and make them part of the text mm. and i just don't like it i've never really cared for that it works sometimes like i won't say that it's like a as a rule it's bad um but i think it just feels contrived 
And it, it reminds me of exactly how I felt at the end of Doomsday Clock, where it was like all of a sudden it's an ad for 5G, um, right. which sucks shit and ruins the story. Uh, it immediately dates it, and it, it makes it just feel like, you know, it, it leads to what this framing device is, where like the last page or so is just like two characters walking in the ether and like just fucking pontificating about the infinite infantality of the infinite frontier and it's infinite and the possibilities are endless. And for a while there were 52 universes, but now there's infinite universes and we can be our truest true selves and, and characters that were locked behind a wall are free now. And it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. No, I get it. I read the press release. Thanks. I do think this is probably one of the smoother versions of this Maybe. that they've ever done. But like, who cares? Um, yeah, it's it's still not great. But uh, similar to Kingdom Come, I think the Spectre is is a great vehicle for wandering around the DC universe. Yeah. Um. So that worked for me. I didn't hate it. I certainly didn't feel as strongly as Pete did about it, but yeah, it didn't do. Uh, and and we'll get there, but especially the way it ends, it just kind of it didn't, feels like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, like like a Wonder Woman's yeah, like more, ah, more so than <laughs> more so than you know, <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean anything more so than it already doesn't mean anything. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. Uh, I think that this. So they did. They do this a lot. They did it with Rebirth. Mm -hmm. With Rebirth, it felt for me, it felt like it was time for that because yeah, we had been in the the new Fifty Two mm -hmm. era for quite some time. There was DCU, but New Fifty Two was still DCU was in that. Um, and so it felt like rebirth was earned. It felt appropriate for that moment in time. And there was a story to tell. Um, and it was supposed to re-inspire hope in a lot of ways, the bringing back of Wally West and all that element of it. It felt like it had a prime directive that was clear to me from a narrative standpoint versus from a, uh, like an editorial standpoint. Mm -hmm. Like we knew the editorial was there, but there was a narrative that made sense. There was a through line to it that made it feel like less manufactured. Mechanical. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Uh, this though, for me was the direct opposite. Uh, I could feel like I, I felt like I saw the wheels turning with this one. Um, yeah, and for sure. Some of the dialogue also, I really didn't love. It felt like they were trying to add an element of grandiosity to it um, that was a little bit uh, clunky at times. Mm -hmm. um, but it was what it was. You know, that wasn't the, the, the through line was not why I bought this book. And so even though I wasn't impressed by it, I'm not going to um, that that doesn't tell the story of this book for me in terms of my appreciation of it or lack thereof. So let me ask yeah. you then, like, what did you buy it for? Like, is it just like the, the elevator pitches of where the books are going forward? Like what, like what did you want to get out of it? And did you get that out of it? Uh, that's a great question. I wanted to know what to expect. Hmm. 
yep. from each of these from for each of these characters like what is their story going to be going forward these books have traditionally been teases at that and this was that um and so i wanted to see where these characters will be taken okay yeah and uh i i made i think a, a similar point in the main show where i wanted to see how the structure of it all kind of sh- like w- was shaking out so for me i, w- I want to understand how they're framing this whole new uh new infinite multiverses and and understand like where where and why they're they're going that way yeah exactly Word. um you you asked me pete did i get what i wanted yeah. or did i get like yeah because it literally did it <laughs> but maybe was i excited about it or or am i excited about it after the fact yeah no so like, would you say that like it left you cold yes yeah absolutely that's where I'm at with it. Um, like, annoying framing device to side and everything. Like, I don't know. I just didn't think this was satisfying. And, like, I don't know about you guys. Like, um, until I sat down to read it, I don't think I had it had registered to me that it was, like, extra long. And I remember, um, like, actually sitting down and I was like, oh, whoa, this is, like, a really long issue. And I was like, I guess they're going to have a lot to say. And I felt like, no, they didn't. So it was like, you're really going to make me sit through an extra long issue that is essentially just issue zero for all of these series that like, even if I like went into this with hype, like uh, I feel like only the hardest of the hardcore DC fan is going to walk away reading all of these books. And, like, that's fine, I guess. Maybe that's the point. But I don't know, dude. Like, I just – I felt like it wasn't a good elevator pitch for any of them. <laughs> and, like, there are books here that, like, artistically, like, if they're the same creative teams, like, looked good and, like, potentially could be interesting and um, and, and what have you. But, like, I feel like I was so overwhelmed with information that, like, I, I, like, I remember when I got to the point where it was, like, the Green Lantern story, I was like, I don't fucking, I don't care about this. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a fuck about the Green Lantern. I really don't. And, like, I don't feel like you're doing a good job of, like, telling me why I should care, right? Just to clarify, are you referring to Alan Scott or the Green Lanterns? The second one, yeah. Okay. Because, um, like, even the Alan Scott, it's, like, one page, right? Or maybe it's two pages, I don't know. Some of them are really short, too, which is, like, they're not all the same length. So some of them feel like you get a lot and some of them feel like you get like nothing. Like the Yara uh, page is like she's in an airport going to Brazil. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what? Like, okay, fine, I guess. Like whatever. (laughs) Um, So that that doesn't help either. Like they're not all given equal billing. So it's like if I don't already care, I don't feel like this does anything to get you in on like 90% of them. I I went into uh, specifically following up on the books that I picked up from future state. So mm. those are the, those are the characters and the stories and the writers that I was trying to follow up on. So Becky Cloonan, Philip uh, Kennedy Johnson, the Nubia stuff, as well as the Yara floor stuff, the that's where I wanted to, that's what I was trying to get the most out of. And then for something like star girl, my, my first read, I was like, uh, all right, I don't care about this. So I, I, I skipped through it the second half of the Batman story, which I didn't realize there was going to be like a second half to it. I was like, uh, all right, fine. Let me like skim through it. And then similarly for the second Green Lantern story, like 
I, I wanted to see the through line first and then I went back to, to read those because those weren't the immediate like draws for me. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to see like, like holistically, what is it trying to tell me? Um, what are the characters that I care about doing? Let's see what happens. And then I went back. I'm like, okay, I guess this is, this is where these stories are picking up or going. Yeah. Kale, what do you think, man? You're the DC guy. Well, it, it felt, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the, the first story. So I don't know if we want to use this to transition into that just yeah, to get please. in there. But the like, Superman one? The well, it's a Justice League one. Yeah. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's, yeah, it it doesn't do anything but vindicate Rich Johnston to me. Like <laughs> <laughs> they call they call Black Adam Shazadam and everybody has a good laugh and oh Superman sure hopes he can be a good guy this time and boy that doesn't tell you where the Justice League is, does it? <laughs> It's it's yeah. funny though. This was one of the only ones that I actually felt anything from, because I'm like, at least this feels like Superman. Like this feels like a moment that he like I could see him being like, oh yeah, like I want to sure. see the best in people and whatever. And it's like, okay, like that at least gave me something emotional to hold on to. Um, I I'm I'm with you, Kale, in that I now have the same amount of knowledge about where the justice league are going as i did before sure because mm-hmm. they already like they announced every single creative team already none of this is new so the story is the only thing that can be new but if it's supposed to be a tease into what we're gonna get and we already know what we're gonna get in terms of like creative teams and whatnot this didn't this didn't tell me anything like i don't know what the justice league narrative is and that's fine like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, the book is gonna come out and it'll tell me, but this is supposed to, t- to make me want to buy that, and it didn't yeah. do that. The yep. art was nice. I'll give it that. Oh um, yeah, please. Some of the dialogue oh, yeah. was weird though. Like uh, it's Bendis, Bendis, so like not surprising. But the fact that he's like, great Scott. It's like it's not 1930 Bendis. Like, yeah, what, what are you fucking too? doing? Cool. Like, my man oh. still says it. Yeah, like, I dug it. I don't know, dude. That didn't that, work for me. That immediately made it feel dated to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. It, it it just speaks to me that like I just don't think Bendis has the voice of the DC characters down. Like it reminds me of reading his Batman, and it's like Batbot, and it's like that's not how Batman sounds, you know. So, I will say though, uh, I believe it's David Marquez, right? Yeah. Yep. David Marquez is just beautiful. He's amazing. Wow, beautiful. He's so Let him draw this book and someone else. I, I don't even have to be this book. Let him draw a Superman book with a writer that I want to read doing Superman, and I would very much show up for that. Mm-hmm. I love the way he drew Superman. Yeah, and the colorist, Tamar Bonvillain. Bon yeah. Like, she's awesome. It's great. She Absolutely. has done a lot of really good stuff. So I, I was super uh, excited to see her name on this book because I'm like, that's that's awesome. She's, like, moving up. He just looks so, like, Superman specifically just looks so, like, bright and sunny. You know? I don't know. It's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, the next segment up was the Batman segment, and uh, it sets up, uh, I guess, an interesting idea that the Joker is doing something again that's bad, and Bane is dead for some reason. Um that won't stick. Are we going to talk through the whole thing, or are we going to, like... Because this story continues, right? Yeah. So, like, do we want to talk... Go for about... it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... I'm, I just... Uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. I thought it was kind of cool that um, they're like, oh, it's the Joker. Like, what's going on? And then it's like the reveal is that it's actually Scarecrow and that, like, yeah. he's mm-hmm. doing some puppet master shit. It's like, okay, like, that's kind of neat, I guess. Like, the idea of oh. a villain, yeah. like, um, leveraging other villains, like, signature shit to, like, throw the police off and set Batman on the wrong trail. And you know what? This split narrative worked in that aspect for me i sat here thinking this was a joker story completely forgot about the scarecrow part <laughs> oh sure sure <laughs> utterly i'm sitting here going oh great another joker story big fucking deal completely completely forgot about the scarecrow So like i like that like that's a good i feel like that was one of the best turns in the book where you're like oh that's different like that's not maybe what i expected and you can see how that could be played in a different way and like how often does the scarecrow get used? You know, like he looks that, pretty cool too. Yeah, the design is neat. It kind of reminds me of like the Arkham Asylum design, which I really liked. That was okay. Yeah, the the that that part was fine. I'm really really lost about Barbara being Oracle again. Right, uh, the next one where there was kind of like. It's like a new Birds of Prey, but she's like got Cassandra and um, what's her name? Uh, Huntress. Uh, it's um. Fuck, what's her name? Isn't a Huntress? Spoiler. No. Uh, Cass. Cass. Cause, uh, uh, Cassandra Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two of them are like the Batgirls, and she's directing them. And what? What are you lost about there? I lost about, yeah, like literally why is she Oracle again? Um, I don't know if that's something that I missed out on in in another book, but I don't really get it. She explains it, but I still don't get it. Like you fought so hard to be able to put the cape and cowl on again. And now you're just going to sit back in the chair. Like obviously she's not, she's not, um, you know, paralyzing herself again or anything like that but i just thought i thought she wanted to be out there in the field and and being a part of that and now she's saying she doesn't so i don't know it's a weird turn for me yeah she kind of was like oh like i i feel like i can never be in all the places i want to be and like this is a better use of my skills or whatever and like i'll pull it out when i need to and like i kind of like i think that makes sense to me like as a reader um just the idea that, like, yeah, you're probably more useful as Oracle, ultimately, than, like, being another one person on the street or whatever. But, like, I definitely get what you're saying, where it feels like kind of like a snapback again, you know? And it's like, okay. But when have they ever been lesser? Like, what what narrative reason, other than her just saying this, is there that they need her to be Oracle? Like, when... What scenario came up where it was like shit? We need some. We need an eye in the sky because they have Alfred. Well, he's dead, so that's fair. Yeah, um, didn't that happen in Joker War? Whatever the last thing was, because I feel like I saw stuff surrounding that. She sat in the chair and was like, "Oh yeah, this is me now." Okay, well, I, I missed that. So then you you're very well you very well maybe correct. That could be yeah. Okay, which to me like that would be a good that would work right. Like that sets that up well enough. I think where it's kind of like. I don't know, like, I, as much as I, I have had no uh, uh, revulsion to the idea of her um, becoming Batgirl again, right? But, like, I always thought the Oracle development for her was really cool, and, like, I liked the way that 
um, that was leveraged in like the Arkham series and stuff like that. And that, that was something that I always like thought was neat. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess it's kind of cool that they can have their cake and eat it too. Like she can be Oracle, but when like something fucking serious happens, she could throw the cowl on again and still be Batgirl and be awesome and everything. Like, I don't know. So I don't care about Grifter. I don't know if any of you do, but I've um, never heard of Grifter before. I have no fucking idea saying. who that is. I was like, oh, Red Hood? It's not Red Hood. He's blonde. What's happening? Murphy would be having a field day, but he's a wild cat. Or he used to be a wild cat. I guess he's DC canon now, but. Right. He's popped up. I've seen him, but I just don't. They've tried to make fetch happen for a a few years. (laughs) Yeah. I guess Um, that's cool. I don't know. Like, (laughs) he just hasn't stuck. The art in this segment was very, very good. Uh, Jorge Jorge Jimenez is tremendous, um, tremendous. and uh, Tamu Mori also does a, does a tremendous job. But um, again, it's another example of like I don't like they, there's a lot here. So the Batman parts, okay, sure, I'm in. Um, the 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 Batgirl portion left me cold. But again, there was context that I was missing that Kale just illuminated. So if there's a reason, all right, fine. Uh, don't care about Grifter. And then, like, the next Batman, who supposed they put such a huge emphasis on this character, how relevant was he? I mean, like, it's just because he's just, like, playing chess with his dad. <laughs> like, it's just like, can, can we maybe have, like, a more interesting inroad? <laughs> you know? And, and that's the problem, in my opinion, of the way that this story is unfolding how they did future state and they showed you what's gonna happen right or what you know a possible future however they want to put it this snaps all the way back to before all that and before that he's nobody so why do i care because i know what's gonna happen do we know why he changed his name is that a thing um none of us know okay I don't, yeah. So the Wonder Woman portion, again, I felt cold. Yeah, it, it didn't relate to anything that in the Nubia issue um, that related because this is back in the past. And then same thing with the Yara floor stuff. Like it, 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 it just it didn't make sense. Can it, we clarify? Is it Yara Flores or is it Yara Floor? I thought it was yeah, just Floor. Floor, Yara Floor. floor. Yeah. Didn't you just say Flores? Or am I crazy? No, I said floor. Okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, like like Nubia, fine, I guess. And then it looks like, which we'll call it, um, the her mom. I'm forgetting her name. Paulita. Yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, she's like, joining the Justice League. We knew that. That's yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. All right. Cool. I guess that's like some detail about the Justice League. But otherwise, Nubia to stay on the mascara and do whatever she's gonna do and rule. Uh, it it doesn't make sense to where she ends up in future state because that's a good point you bring up, Sean. Because is is that going to be the future? You know, if it's going to be a if it's a possible future, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the future here. Right, and that's up to DC to ultimately decide whether they want to take these characters to these promised places or not. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the infinite frontier. Yeah, right, exactly. It's like. And I'm not even going to get into a whole DC rant. Um, (laughs) 
So yeah, like the the art's great. These these segments look cool, but I just don't really know like how am I supposed to feel? I I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm not really. Hey Sean, we lost your camera. Yeah, I see that. Uh, ah, we're good. Hello. Cool. Keep rolling. Not sure why. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we get into the Alan Scott part. Well, the Yarrow floor was between that, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I I kind of felt they were connected. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah. I mean, her mom at an airport, and yeah, it, goes south it was her. It was her aunt. Deal. Okay, aunt and uncle. Just wanted okay. to point that out. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, man. When I look at these two pages, like, there's nothing to go on. But like, yeah. it's the same way I felt when they revealed her character. Of I just love Joelle Jones's art, and I love the look of these two pages. I want to care about this character because I really fucking like the art, and I want to like the book. I hope it can grab me when it actually has a narrative to tell and not a one-off story where she punches somebody and then is in an airport. <laughs> She's spunky and fun and cool, but I don't but, know who she is. I just yeah. need more of her. Like, I need to get a sense of who she is and if I actually like her rather than is she just a cool character with a good design and she's got, like, a fun, perky personality, you know? It, it, it's weird because even in the future state ones, you don't get too much detail. Right. Um, like the second one more so, but it's not reflective of this because that was like a, a dive down into hell. It's not her interpersonal relationships with family. So it's just a different vibe. Um, I do want to shout out her shirt though. Pugs, not drugs. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Again, like, I love the character's design. Like, I think every d drawing of her that I've seen, I'm like, she looks great. She looks cool. Um, mm -hmm. Just, I mean, I don't know. At least, like, we got a sense of that she has a family. That's a thing. I learned that she has an uncle and an aunt. Right. <laughs> her, her aunt's death. Yep. That is a, that is a thing. Let's uh, let's let's move around because we got a lot to tackle sure, here. Sure, sure. Uh, so we get into the Alan Scott thing, and I really wanted to talk about this because – um, there is, so he, he reveals to his children that he's gay and that is obviously a huge, that's a huge thing. That's, that's a, that's a big moment in a, in a person's life and it matters. I, for me, did not like that that was done here. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I was like, why would you have that moment be in this? Have it be in the book. Yes. Because I feel like. They took that element of the character, which is, in my opinion, the most interesting thing about a character should not be their sexuality, whatever their sexuality is. And if you're trying to sell me on this character that I need to, I'm sorry, I don't know why my, uh, why my camera keeps cutting. Um, but if you're trying to sell me on this character, simply saying, hey, they're gay is not that that's not story that's just that's just them and i really wish that they had done something narratively compelling with him versus just saying what he is because i mean that's the thing right is like i think um in the context of like a, of a queer narrative right like the coming out like you said like that's a major moment that should feel narratively satisfying not that it's like it's like two pages, you know, and it's like, I don't know, like, if you don't know, like, I don't know who these other two characters are. Like, I know that they're his kids because it told me that, but you know what I mean? Like, 
that it doesn't mean anything to me because all it is is it's the it's a the reason it has any kind of weight is because he's an old man, right? In my mind, he's this old man who's been closeted his whole life, and he's gonna come out and be true to himself and be honest with his kids, and that's a vulnerable moment. That should have emotional weight, and it doesn't because it's at a, it's in the context of nothing. It's not in the context of the story. I don't know what his relationship is like with his kids. Are they close? Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, like any of the any of the things that could make that moment have weight don't exist because I don't have any context here. And if it happens in the context of the story, right? Like say the first issue of the story is Alan Scott. They're talking about Alan Scott. They're talking about his legacy. They're talking about, you know, him as one of the progenitors of the hero archetype and, and all these things. And I've lived so much longer than I should have and had all these adventures, but I've never been true to myself. I've never been honest about who I am and the end of that issue is he's going to go tell his kids that he that he's going to come out. Then it's like, oh, fuck, like this is weighing on him. Right. This is this thing that's been at the back of his mind his whole career. And like he he has never been able to be his author. Like, you know what I mean? Like then it then it's a thing. Then it's then it's a beat in a story, in a narrative, not just a shard of a moment that it loses all the, the weight for me. I felt more listening to you say what you just said than I did reading what they put down here. Right. Because it's not that I'm not interested. It's just that they didn't do it in a package that allowed me to invest. Yeah, to connect with it. Like, because it reminds me, um, there's this show on Netflix. It's called uh, Grace and Frankie. And the entire thing is about um, these two older women and their hus- their husbands come out as having been gay and they have had like a secret affair, right? And the whole thing is about... They all of their families reacting to that because there are these two families that have been, you know, they grew up together. The kids all look at each other like cousins. They used to go on vacations together. They were business partners. And then it's like, what is the narrative fallout of that of us as two men in our 70s coming out and and being authentic to ourselves, exploring our our queerness as geriatrics? Uh, How do our kids respond to that? How do our partners respond to having to? you know, redefine themselves as adults. Like that's good family drama. And there's so much that you could do with this and it's just squandered in a zero issue. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I disagree just because to, to your point, like it shouldn't be the focus of the character. Right. So this coming him, him coming out is, is meant to be a personal moment between him and his kids, whether or not like I, I totally understood on the, um, that there need to be like emotional weight to it, but I think the the act of it and the way it's presented here, you you see the weight even if you don't have the immediate context for it, and you can feel that it is a big moment. Um, and from here on, right, that's not his story. The story continues on beyond this. So I think for that reason, it works here because this is just like okay, hey, this is this is the like. Uh, a tease for this character and from this point on he he moves on all, all we get to see here is he has a tight relationship with uh a trusting relationship with his two kids and from here where does that story go is where what i took away from these like four pages that's exactly the point that it 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 uses the space that it has to sell you on the character to tell you he's gay and that's it 
Because, like, well, to your point, Marco, if that if that's immaterial, then like, why is that the only like why is that all we explored on these four pages? You know, but, like but, no, but he's also it's also explaining that he has this relationship with his with his kids. That's why Obsidian has at the beginning like basically the entirety of the first two pages being like you know this is how I grew up. This is who we are. We didn't have like the tightest of family. He he says it because it's uh, and then he reveals to be gay because that's his. That's his moment, his personal moment with his kids. And then from there on, okay, cool. Like like that that character piece is now not relevant to the rest of where they're gonna go from here. So let's get this out of the way. Let's explain let's explain it and explain that he has a relationship with his kids. And then from there it's gonna be wherever they go. But that's the thing, if you're just trying to get it out of the way, then like what's the point? And and to me and again, like I wanna clarify my position. It's this is not a me saying why is Alan Scott gay or or whatever, yeah, right? No, like, no, no. It's yeah. not that kind of commentary. It's that right, right. if you're gonna like I I think there's there's a lot of um okay. I think what I'm trying to get at, right, is that there are ways to tell stories about queer characters that are not about their queerness but that you still need to like you still need to like have these moments feel earned and like feel like a thing that has like emotional sincerity and like that's more what I'm not getting from this because you you Marco said um, you can see how this has emotional weight and you're right, I can see it. I just described why it has emotional weight. But I didn't feel that in the moment. And that's that's where my criticism is coming from, is that it just feels like what you said, where they're like, oh, hey, we're contextualizing now for you in this issue that Alan Scott is gay, so that in the story when he's gay, you're not surprised by that. And it's like, okay, fine, but like that should be a big moment in a 80-year-old, you know, whatever, he's actually like hundreds of years old, but... You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's it is supposed to be a big moment in his life that he is coming out to his children, that he is going to be honest with the world about who he is, and for that to just be this thing that comes not in the context of the actual story. Uh, for me, it just feels kind of like I don't know. Um, it feels like you're telling me that this has weight rather than showing me why it has weight. And and this being like JSA characters, they're like legacy characters so the history therein as well is probably something that we don't have the context for where i'm sure if like an obsidian fan and an alex scott fan might feel a, like a different way about it yeah uh, so like i i think i think to that for somebody this had this hit because you are seeing that emotion it should hit for me though even if i don't have connection to those characters yeah though. that's that's not um but but not in the in, in the like in the four pages but this no. is supposed to be a way to get people to buy right. the future of this character. And so I think it has it's a fail. to work. Yeah. Kale, you haven't spoken. What do you think? And then let's move on. Uh, so to Marco's last thing about Obsidian fans and Alan Scott fans, I'm a huge Alan Scott fan. Yeah, this didn't make me care to buy the book. Right. Alan Scott has been canonically gay since the New 52. Mm -hmm. I don't see what this serves the only benefit i get from this and and listening to your discussion is one that we actually get to see him kind of old he's never really been drawn with white hair that's cool that's pretty cool uh but 
the benefit of not having to tell this story in the broader narrative because not every queer story should be about their coming out. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, you know, I, <clears throat> while I, I agree with what you're saying, Pete, I, you know, if it had to be done, I guess I'm glad it happened here. I don't think it had to be done, but they did it. Uh, uh, art's, art's fucking dope. Yes. Yep. I'm going to use the power of the host to have the last word on this subject. And all it is, is I really hope, doubt, but hope that they take this four pages and put it in whatever collected edition is going to come out for whatever book he's going to have. Because I strongly feel that something like that, being a part of a larger story of this character's journey and whatever he's going through and doing is pivotal. And there are a lot of people who would get a lot of value out of that scene that will not even see it. And that's a shame. Yeah. Um, moving forward and please let's really just try to like hit the, you know, hit the, hit the highlights. Cause sure. we do have a lot of other books to speak to the Superman sequence here. I thought it was straight up bad. Uh, does the silk the silk specter um does the specter have the ability to see the future or not because he talks like he does but then somehow also doesn't know what jonathan kent is going to go ahead and do in the end of this sequence that disproves what he's been saying yeah i thought that I, whole thing sucked this was mind-blowingly uh nonsensical especially because it was very much like foreshadowing it's like you could be a bad guy it's like okay fuck you like this is so lazy yeah. Um, it's like, oh, I know he seems nice now, but keep an eye on him. Okay. Uh, moving forward, uh, the Black Canary and uh, Oliver Queen stuff is cool. Two They're hot, hot people they have in sex. bed. Got it. Yeah, great. Um, Roy Harper's lonely. Great. Well, he's back <laughs> I, from I the just, dead. That's weird, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm I'm breezing past these because I didn't get anything out of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you pick up at all if this is Rebirth Roy Harper, New 52 Roy Harper, or is this old Roy Harper? No idea. So so uh, which version of them, of, of Roy, uh, is dead? Oh, I would assume them? old Roy Harper, unless something happened in Red Hood and the Outlaws I don't know about. Because he was in that, right? Yeah. So I would imagine that this is... OG Roy, OG I, okay. because he is being. This is a resurrected Roy, so I, I that I have to believe that that's the case. Yeah, but I could be wrong, and I'm open to being corrected. Um, then we get the Star Girl sequence. Looks like a '90s comic. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that uh, will be this book's strength uh, with Todd Knock. Todd Knock on teenage art, uh, going all the way back to his Young Justice is just it's. Chef, chef's kiss uh but man i do not want to read a book by jeff jones right now and it sucks that it's this one <laughs> that was exactly i was like um, oh yuck <laughs> the the crappy part about that is that he made this character in honor of like his sister who mm -hmm. passed away i think in in an accident yes so was that a, plane, accident? a plane accident was in that plane accident okay uh so, like, I get it, but also, man, I don't want to read a book by him. <laughs> and that really, and I like this character a lot. I 
am always on record as saying, I don't care if the book is good, I'll read it. If the movie's good, I'll watch it. Don't care what the person behind the scenes has done. Um, it was tough this time. Mm. Uh, it was tough. I don't know what else but, to say. And also, it, it just like everything else, it basically comes to nothing. Yes, it, and, and that's a great point. It didn't help that this was not a story that I was compelled by. Had I been compelled, it might be different, but I didn't care anyway. So it was yeah. easy to be like dismissive. Yep. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I'm kind of like, fuck Jeff Johns right now. Like, I don't, I don't need this book, whatever. I, yeah. I was excited about the soldiers because that looked like something from the seven soldiers of victory. At yeah, the end, right. yeah. yeah. Like so, like that's cool. I'm, I, I'd be hyped for that. All right, it's not going to be the ones you're thinking of. No, the Grant it's... Morrison ones. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be that. God damn it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to call an audible. The the rest of these stories are similar in that there's really not a lot of meat on the bones. Um, it's unfortunate because if if each of these we're given a few more pages. They might've been compelling, or maybe if we trimmed down a little bit and tried to do less in this, but give more character, but give some of the characters bigger opportunities, yeah. but they just try to do a lot, a whole lot because they even have the end with wonder woman where it's like, okay, we just went through all of this. And by the way, I'm not going to join you, but also by the way, I'm going to hang back from being like the one D wonder woman of the league and all that other stuff. Uh, so what did I read this for? It feels like, yeah. it feels like one of those free books you get when you buy all the rest of your books that just mm. says, Hey, <laughs> here's a teaser for this thing. Here's two pages from ready. the next 10 books we're putting out. Exactly. Yeah. Free comic book day. Like, yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, I, I was not, I did not like this. Uh, can we talk about the flashes real quick? Just Shoot, you can. I feel. I feel like uh, fair. Um, Barry going off to join the Justice Incarnate. Random. Wild. Wild. Uh, President Superman's back. I guess that's cool. I guess they're ban- They're really banking on that Black Superman movie. And I feel like Wally's character trajectory since, uh, you know what? Even Rebirth has been uh, mixed at best. I, uh, I can't read him anymore. Yeah. Hope. Uh, Dude, he represents hope. He's running towards hope, guys. Hope. So he gets it. he gets a free pass on murdering a guy and and taking over the Metron chair. And I guess we're all just gonna forget about that. And hey, this will be about you uh, redeeming yourself, sport. Didn't happen. Yeah, not- that wasn't that that, that uh, that's it's canon, but not necessary canon. Not to mention the the um sorry, uh the, the the classic Wonder Woman for years, our lives were infected with despair. An omnipotent force from another world yeah. manipulated us as part of some grand experiment. It stole away so much of our legacy, our connecting and our faith in ourselves. We believed this lies for too long. It let worse aspects of the multiverse hurt us. Uh... But it's easy to see that among my allies, its influence is gone. Who are they referencing? Dr. Manhattan or Dan Didio? both it's bad it's bad writing it's bad writing and i don't like it and i don't want to talk about it anymore let's move on all right the swamp I'm fucking over this. one Ron v, mike shit. perkins oh shit i didn't get that wow uh and uh and um mike you spicer get, 
You didn't get Swamp Thing, Marco? No, not that. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit, I forgot to buy it. Let's talk about an actually good book. Yeah, so uh, clearly these creators are setting the stage to tell a story that, you know, they have a lot of faith in, this being one of ten. Uh, we spoke to Mike, uh, to Mike Perkins in an interview. Uh, you guys can check that out if you want. It was really good. Uh, and he said that this was essentially season one mm-hmm. of Swamp Thing and that if the fan response was where it needed to be, we would get a season two. Um, I think that this issue felt like a really, really strong introduction to the new Swamp Thing. Totally. Um, yep. That feels like the start of a story that will care about down the road like when it's over type of thing it has that sort of weight to it i felt yeah i agree i think this is a really strong introductory issue um and i it actually the thing that i remember striking me the most was it felt evocative of um of more swamp thing that we had read where like you read the first issue and it very much is like the the beginning of it is contextualizing an antagonist that we're obviously going to deal with for a certain amount of time. Um, and then, you know, it, it has that very, like, I don't know, like, like spooky, like old-timey yes. element to it, you know? Um, where, like, it, it feels old. It feels, and not the issue, but, like, the story, it feels like it has this history to it. It feels lived in, like there's this mythology that existed before this issue you know um and it didn't right it's all new and that that struck a chord with me right like you get what what four pages in six pages one two yeah it's like four four to six pages in before you even meet our new main character and those first few pages are gripping and good because it's just good writing and good art and then like getting into our new character like there is a lot of mystery boxes right now and they're all satisfying in my opinion there's the mystery of you know how he's connected to the green and why right like his relationship with his family and and specifically his father and you know there's like all these this you know woman who he has a relationship with like there's a lot here to like grab onto for a first issue i've i've been excited for a new character to pick like to take the mantle of something for a long time because that's just something like in the canon that can happen and has happened. So for for that, that was uh, just really cool to see. And and yeah, I think Pete, you, you laid it out really well. It's like the, the once we get that first introduction, it's you know for me at the core, it's always about like his humanity and like questioning his him himself, uh, and and that's sort of what what you kind of get with. Um, with you, what you get with Levi, like the the first few panels or the first few pages, he's he had questions about who he was, where he came from, why he is from one area versus another, and and basically his his connections generally to people, and um, I thought yeah, it, it it was a really strong horror vibe. It gave me it evoked for me like a Twilight Zone kind of energy, especially the disjointed panels when he's having the dream, like coming out of the, coming out of the dream. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Perkins on the art, man, killing it. Yeah, dude. Really the, great color work too. Oh oof, my God. Yeah. Spicer. Spicer's really good. Uh, That the, the page where 
the desert, whatever, I forget his name, but the desert spirit guy. Uh, the pale wanderer. Yeah, the pale wanderer. When they, when they actually, like, come face-to-face for the first time, the use of those, uh, the light purples in the sky and then, like, those real hot pinks that then get mm-hmm. kind of red as it gets more violent, like, it's good shit, man. It's real good shit. Yeah. Yeah. The the concept for me for the Pale Wanderer, he's like the what the living the living desert. I was like, nah, right. Like Oh, you didn't like that. I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was okay. Um uh like like I guess from an elemental perspective. Yeah. Like sure, I guess he can he he can be that. Um but I don't know. I, I thought it was it was a little okay. Like it hmm. it didn't rub me the wrong way, but I wasn't like over the moon about it. I, I kind of like the juxtaposition of like him being a, uh, an embodiment of the desert and he's this like killer and you know and then like Swamp Thing is obviously the green and he's so representative of life and and rebirth and all those things and I don't know like I, I like characters that have um like opposing ideologies but also like you know not necessarily just skill sets but like ends and and the way that they operate within like they're so similar in that they're both these elemental forces but they represent two different sides of that spectrum i don't know i think that that stuff's kind of fun yeah yeah see i i would take that one step further similar to like the different colored green lanterns well the different colored lanterns of the the lantern cords the greens the blues the reds um i like it when something that has a deep history like the green um you know, you find out there are other elemental forces like the desert or, you know, I think they list them. There's the forest, the desert, the, um, the sea is the one sea. of them. Was the yeah. sea one of them? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. When there are different facets that can now be explored through our POV. Yeah. The, the, I guess the one like piece of text that felt very tongue in cheek for me was the I am the desert who dreamed of being a man. It's yeah. just it was yeah. Like, yeah. That's fair. That, that like like that was the moment. I think conceptually it makes sense 100%. I just thought it was a bit tongue in cheek for for oh, like w- yeah, it just took me out of it. That's fair. Has a swamp thing said something like that before? Uh he In was no like... other other people talk talked about it. Okay. Mm. Um <laughs> I'm not I'm not a swamp thing scholar, but I don't think I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really liked that uh that uh the pale man thing. Uh I think characters like that who have I mean he even has like a legend around him and stuff like that. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. I think that that's perfect. That's the perfect kind of foil for Swamp Thing. And this feels like you know, is early. Obviously, this is only the first issue, but this feels like a great uh, groundwork for a future, you know, yeah. TV show or movie. For yeah. sure, if they wanted to go down that road. Ram's but, writing uh, is really strong. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think he can deliver like a really he can deliver a really good story. I, I again, I like the first few pages drew me in right away. Yeah, like them coming up on like there's this the they're examining the body and you get into the legend and everything. I was like, yeah, like. Where is this going? I'm super interested in this. Um, and, I, and like, we haven't really gotten much of him, um, but I, I I connected with, is it Levy or Levi? Levi. Levi? I, I, I've been saying Levi. Um, 
Yeah, like the fact that like he has this, you know, um, that they've established these very personal connections that you imagine are going to be dismantled or, or, you know, um, frustrated by by his emergence as Swamp Thing. Like that helped me immediately connect with him as just a person, right? That like he has this fractured relationship with his family and he tried to go back home and reestablish it and his dad's dead now and like that's weighing on him clearly he has this kind of ill-defined romantic connection with this woman mm-hmm. um those are all things that like immediately allowed me to connect with him as just a guy and that like when he is going through that journey and that transformation i'm sure um you know i'm gonna feel that empathy that you need to feel for him or that you should feel for him right in this like that's the thing of swamp thing right is that he's this tragic figure the one thing that I was curious about is that typically, and this is just getting into like the very specifics of it, but like typically you you lose the body, like you like in um, I think even in the Scott Snyder stuff, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like he he was able to transform in and out, but his body was like inside, uh, but then afterwards the Alec Collin body had to die for him to become like the full Swamp Thing. So yeah, like, yeah. So it's interesting for me that he still is able to retain like a human form, which I think is interesting. Um, definitely willing to explore it. But that was just one thing I was just like, I wonder how that's working out, especially with the canon and, and all that. I'm wondering if it's going to be like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. Cause like the end yeah. of him waking up in the park and he's just doesn't have a shirt on and you know, I'm like, Oh, like that might be interesting. That might Got be a, those vibes. Yeah. Yes. That might be a cool way to like subvert, you know, the established idea of like what, you know, the rules of Swamp Thing or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I, I don't know. I can't think of this. Can you think of any other superhero who's Indian? Because I can't. Uh, there is a Spider-Man. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Oh, is there? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, uh, no. But um, I think Mike Perkins did a great job. Crushes. Perkins and Spicer. Boy, oh boy. Dude. And I, I haven't seen Mike Perkins' uh, interiors in a while. And he knocked it out of the park. Like I, he, I looked at this book and went, is this Mike Perkins? <laughs> I don't know what his art is. <laughs> this, so, so he handles the, 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 the narrative parts where it's, you know, just um, Levi speaking, right? With juxtaposed to like the horror elements yeah yeah very very well and yeah. spicer's colors um make this feel appropriately dark this really feels like 90s um like a 90s tv show where it's like dark real dark and not hd which is when you can actually be scared i can't really be scared by anything that's in hd anymore um <laughs> I just can't like it just looks too pretty. Like this is disgusting. <laughs> like look at this page. This is absolutely nasty. And yeah, uh, yeah. For those listening on YouTube or not on YouTube, I'm showing like one of the pages where Swamp Thing's jaws hanging way, way, way down, um, and he just looks horrific. And there's tendrils everywhere. And that's great. That's great work on on Mike Perkins' part. I, I I'm excited for this just because I want to get spooked every month. Yeah, by this book. He, he pulls the the body horror vibe really really well, and, yes. and I, I think a lot of it's like because he he was like an anchor for a long time. He really like lays on the shadow, 
which which adds a really really nice texture there's a like a few pages before that sean where um levi's just sleeping and like the tendrils are sort of reaching out it feels like a um, like a vertigo book like, like it's just there's just an aesthetic to it and an energy to it that's really really like delivers yeah uh, I, I also wanted to call out, um, it's the scene on the plane and he, he's getting anxious and he gets up and he's like trying to make it to the bathroom. Uh, all of the panels are odd shapes and they're mm-hmm. diagonal. And yep. when you look at the actual scenes behind him, like if you're not just focusing on his face, it's all distorted, um, to give this sense of like wooziness and whatever. And it's like, it feels like, um, like these are devices that are used like with a camera you know um and it makes small moments feel like so much more cinematic and present and you know like there's that real tight shot on his face that's the first time we see him and he's just like sweating and it it gives you a sense of like the distress that he's under you know in, in a really tangible way i love that that's a great point um if you guys are, I mean, if Marco's cool, uh, we can talk about Berserker. Yeah, yeah. I, all I want to say is this book. I loved this issue. I'm really excited for the next one. I'm, I'm in on this book. This shit whips. Yo. I'm Marco Pete. <laughs> well, then say it. <laughs> Sean's about to move on to Berserker. <laughs> no, he's not ready. He's not um, done. <laughs> so here we are finally with Berserker number one in our hands, the the best-selling book of the year so far. Uh, I think it's fair to say the best-selling like comic book in, I mean, at least in Star Wars, right? So, yeah. Um, on its way to a million copies? On its way to a million copies. Uh, is it worth a million copies sold? That's the question here. Uh, Berserker, written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent. I would love to know how they broke down the scripting of this issue and how much Keanu Reeves deserves credit. Uh, Ron Garney did the illustrations here. This is a very Ron Garney book from a visual perspective uh, with colors by Bill Crabtree and letters by Clem Robbins with a cover by Raphael Grandpa, whose name I haven't seen in a while, who's also a tremendous artist. Just wanted to shout him out. This book has a very brisk feel to it. It's action first. The dialogue and the captions and the narration are very much uh, secondary. And the art is the driver here, which is good because Ron Garney is talented. Uh, A lesser artist would have struggled with a lot of the action sequences and, you know, a bunch of panels on the pages and stuff like that. Lots to do visually. And I think he I feel like he succeeded. Yeah, yeah, I think um, for a for a comic that is so action oriented, that is like, you know, like this first issue is essentially just like a hyper cut of of fights um, with narration that's kind of hinting at the overall narrative that you know if you've read any of the press releases or whatever you have an idea of what's to come um so i think like with that being said for this to be essentially just what 30 some odd pages of just like fucking brutal uh, dog this was a 50 page book was it yeah it was damn wow i mean you're right that it was brisk it did not feel like it was that long um the fact that it is just like this visceral, like hyper violent, you know, uh, display, um, 
it, it is very much carried by the art. And if you like that kind of stuff, I think it's, yeah, it's super successful in that regard. It's definitely, um, you know, it's very visually interesting and, and like creative. And the fact that he ices, like, I don't like, it's like five fucking dudes per page or whatever. And each one is like a different creative way that he's taking people out. Um, if you like that kind of thing, there's stuff for you. Yeah, the the pacing was I I thought really strong just because sure. he the panels at most right three anywhere from three to five panels per page and at most maybe seven and and that helps the story flow and considering it is that action oriented story it's all about like how you get to the next scene it's all about how you uh, can display the the violence there and I I mean. The, the team knocks it out of the park, I think. Overall, for me, uh, I found the little bits of text interesting because obviously it's trying to tell like a, some sort of through line. And I found it interesting that it's touching upon some of the his ability for living a long time. Uh, he has something wrong with him mentally, potentially. And there's just like a lot there. And you can all see it play out in the story he's pretty much invincible and he's i mean he's fucking crazy dude he's just going around like taking bullets almost in the face he's fighting whatever the fuck he's just he's just non-stop and so is the the art and action in this book um i dug it this is cool you know um i i thought this was fun i i, I thought it was fun and i don't think that I don't think it's a book that we're going to be sitting here when the runs over and, and, and we're going to say, you know, this was a masterpiece. I don't, I don't have those types of feelings about it, but I think that um, Keanu Reeves knows who this book is for. You know, mm. he, he understands the kind of story that he wanted to tell the kind of story that appeals to the people who would go see a John wick or, you know, whatever, like a, an emotional uh, core, right that's not too emotional but it's like you can connect with this it's enough to connect with and then just tons of of, of action and violence and i think that speaks to like a john wick type of, of of idea or even a wolverine type of idea um and i think that if that's all the book is going to be that's perfectly fine because the people who this is for will come i i feel like again from an art perspective it looks good if, if you've never read a comic book before right and you want to read the keanu reeves comic and you open it and this is what it is i don't feel like you're looking at it and going wow i think comics are fucking terrible you know or or like i think this is a good way to be introduced to comics if you are uninitiated yeah i i would agree with that i think i think especially for like a younger reader or like I don't. I don't want to say this with any kind of way, but like somebody who doesn't look for as much like depth out of yeah. their their stuff, you know, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, or expects it. Yeah. Right. For like a comic. Right. Yeah. Like if that if that's what you want out of it, and and I think there's clearly a big market for that kind of book. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Like, it's it's not something that like I would seek out. It's not something that like I think I I like feel super motivated to like follow up on, but. Um, it definitely didn't bore me, you know, like it, I, I think like you said, it was, it was, it was fun. 
Um, and I kind of think that's all it needs to be, you know? Um, especially if the the desire here is to just tell a, like, mildly heady action story. Um, yeah, that's cool, right? Like, that's yeah. that's kind of Keanu's wheelhouse, frankly, right? <laughs> People responded to The Old Guard with uh, Charlize Theron on mm-hmm. um, Netflix. This very much feels like, like a book like that. It gives me similar yes. vibes. Yeah. Um, and I think if you kickstarted this comic book, you knew what to expect. Yeah. And, 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 and it's probably for you. Like I didn't kickstart it. Um, this is not a book that I would traditionally buy, but I'm not mad that I bought it. I'm not mad that I'm not mad at the experience that I had. Um, you know, you notice we haven't really spoken about the narrative of the story and that's because they're really like, there is one. But it's not really like worth writing home about. He's a guy who's alive, mortal, godlike. Um, he's burdened by that. He'd rather be mortal. Uh, There's and, this organization that's using him as a right, you know, agent or whatever, and claims to be helping him, but it's probably, probably not. not. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and and then like there's the reveal at the end of the issue that it's like, oh, actually, I'm eighty thousand years old. Like, and it's like, oh, okay. So it's funny. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but for me, when that page came out, I was kind of like, oh, so this is actually an autobiography about how Keanu Reeves is an old one. <laughs> um, yeah, that, and, that, and that's the story. And maybe there's more to it and it'll be revealed as we get you know, a little bit deeper. But um, for me, I think this is a success. I think it's a success for Boom. I think it's a success for the creative team and flexing their talents. I'm actually really happy for uh, Matt Kent and Ron Garney. I didn't include Crabtree just because I'm not as familiar, but um, Kent and Garney are two people who absolutely have been working hard in this industry and, and and of course crabtree as well and and everybody at boom to have a win like this uh to have the ability to say hey if you like berserker you know that means you like what i did if you're matt kent or garney or crabtree and it opens doors so i'm very happy with that sean have you did you start your read of invincible for our book club yet no okay well when you do then you'll be familiar with bill crabtree yeah Okay, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I thought his name was familiar, but I couldn't place it to anything yeah. specific. He was so. the original colorist. He also did um the sixth gun and I think some BPRD. Okay. He's done a few things for Image too. Uh, he did another one of those books like from like that superhero launch era, I think. Certainly wasn't uh trying to be dismissive. I'm Oh I'm no, really I was happy. just contextualizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm really happy for everybody involved with this project because I do see this as a win regardless of whether or not it's for me specifically. And and that's yeah. all I have to say about it, frankly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh I I think this is cool and I think it's a good win for Boom and like and frankly like I don't know, like I I think uh I'm bugged that people were have been so down on Keanu about it because like he it seems like he genuinely just digs comics and and wanted to do this thing and like it's been really helpful for Boom and you know yeah. the industry at large um to get more attention and get new eyes and stuff like that and I don't know I feel like he deserves um praise for that cuz it this didn't have to be a comic book are are you going to get issue two i'd be willing to if we were going to 
Um, I think if not, I would if I was ever going to return to this, it would be when it was done. I'd have no interest in reading a story like this month to month. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm picking it up. I dug it. Um, then again, I'm going to support Matt Kitt and pretty much whatever he does. So I, I am at the point where I'm going to kind of look to you. Like, if you are, like, six issues in, you're like, yo, like, this is pr- this fucking picking up. Like, this is going somewhere. I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll, okay. I'll go back to it then. Uh, I'm going to buy the second issue. The second issue has more responsibility to sell me than the first because the first mm-hmm. had my buy regardless. Um, it didn't, it didn't matter. I was always, I was always going to buy it. It's a, it's a, it's an, a very important thing in comics that this book exists. So uh, that was a done deal. The second issue is the one that has to keep me. And that's going to be based around whether or not the narrative can do more than the first one does or if it just is so badass that I'm like, this is undeniably cool and I have to be <laughs> a part of this. That's really what it's going to come down to. Um, but I don't feel like we'll be following this book unless you guys at home write in and say that you want that. Uh, so if you want us to continue reviewing Berserker or, frankly, anything that we've talked about here today, please do write in and let us know. There are plenty of ways you can get us. Wherever it is that you're listening, you can leave us a comment there. And while you're at it, leave us a like or a rating. We always appreciate those, and it helps us out a ton. Uh, you can get us on social at the Comics Pals. You can write in at the Pals at gmail.com. On YouTube, you can subscribe, hit the like button, comment, share the video with your friends. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. And if you want to be a part of the conversation about these books, be on our show. You can join our Discord server, where we're always talking about the latest happenings in comics. TV, weeb stuff, whatever you're into, video games, all that jazz, we talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of the Comics Pals, where we are reviewing books. We appreciate you so much. And until next time, take care, guys. Catch you next week. Bye.